did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the uh, tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transitioned from eh to ooh. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is episode 17, Baylor, another broom closet game on ESPN, this time ESPN2. Uh, new guy in the broom closet, Jay Billis. Haven't got a Jay Billis sighting, I don't think, in a WVU game, but there he was, not in Morgantown. In a broom closet at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. Listen to ESPN. And I don't know how you reel this in, but stop being in the broom closet and talking about how tough it is to play in Morgantown and where it's a great environment for basketball. Uh, Pick one. Be at the game. And talk about how great it is to be there. Or do it in a broom closet like you're doing. And maybe say something like, I've heard it's a great place. I've been there before, and it's a great environment to for basketball, tough place to play. 5 p.m. on a Tuesday? (laughs) I mean, what do you... Does anybody win when you play on Tuesday at 5 p.m.? West Virginia did not win because it was 5 p.m. on a Tuesday, and also they just didn't win because they had less points in Baylor. They lose. So West Virginia, they lose two in a row, but it's they lose two in a row to two top ten teams. This one was closer than the last one. But also, this was a home game, and Baylor did not have their leading score in another rotation guy. West Virginia went to Texas without their leading score in a role guy, and the game wasn't close. Baylor comes into town and beats West Virginia 77-68. to And it was a wild first half. Baylor, uh, West Virginia just stopped scoring as they do. And Baylor goes up 16, and then it's like, oh, no. This is – then you're having, like, 2019 flashbacks. You're having the sad season flashbacks. And then as soon as you just start thinking that, West Virginia snaps you out of that, scores 14 straight, cuts the lead to two. And it's pretty close. For the rest of the first half, going into the second half, West Virginia takes the lead early in the second half. Baylor takes it right back. West Virginia has the lead under nine minutes left, and then a key play. The guy with the mullet, I'm air quoting this, gets fouled by Sean, makes three free throws, and and then, you know, It's kind of over at that point, but we just didn't know it. And we didn't know it because 
West Virginia still kept it close. And listen, the mullet guy was great. Cryer was great. But the guy that really had the damaging punches was was Flagler, right? Silent assassin today, Flagler. Nothing screams at you when you look at the box score, but he he threw the haymakers, in my opinion. I, I'm not a boxer, but I've played enough Mike Tyson's punch out to know that you got to put some combinations together, right? The old one-two. You know, I learned that from Looney Tunes. The old one-two, all right? And so Gabe gets an and one, makes the free throw. It's 60 to 59. Think about that. Top 10 team comes to Morgantown, and West Virginia does all the things you can't do against anybody, but especially against Baylor. They miss the close shots as they do. That stretch in the first half, it was just layup after layup after dunk by Baylor with some threes mixed in. Just defensive breakdowns. All that happened, and it's late in the game, and West Virginia's down one. So we'll talk about you know some positives and negatives about this team at this point in the season. But what we all can agree on is that, yeah, the Kansas game got out of hand, but this team has got fight, and somehow they – I don't know how they do it, but they they manage to stay in games. And it was the same here, despite their shortcomings. So down one, right? Uh, Mullet comes down, hits a tough three, hand in the face. So that's the jab. In the old one-two p- combination, that's the jab. That's the setup. And then Gabe misses a couple free throws. With lots of time on the shot clock, Baylor comes down, Flagler gets it on the left side, three, goes in, and West Virginia's down seven. So Mullet with the with the jab and then Flagler with the hook. It's a one-point lead for Baylor. Real quickly becomes a seven-point lead. West Virginia's rattled, right? And yet, we get to the under four-minute timeout, West Virginia only down five. It's not over. It's, it is over. But it's not over. Based on score and at home, we're still on our feet. Malik Curry's playing out of his mind. Baylor gives it to Cryer, who was really good today, and the guy gets a bucket, gets it in the lane, Makes a shot. So there's the jab again. And then a one-two. There's the one. Gabe turns it over. Next possession. Flagler three. That's the hook. That's the old one-two. And it goes to Baylor up 10. And then to keep the boxing analogy going, West Virginia throws in the towel. Like it's over. It's over at that point. They get it to double digits under four minutes. And West Virginia couldn't come back. So that's the game. That's a really good team. There's, they're really in a vacuum. No shame to losing, even with the guy down. No shame in losing to a top ten team, right? There really isn't. 
But where does West Virginia go from here? So let me lay out some glass half full stuff for you. West Virginia University can have a rough month of basketball and still have a good season. And I know that because history. Let's go back to Javon Carter's senior year and and Daxter Miles' senior year. January comes around. West Virginia loses five out of six in January. That team made it to the Sweet 16 and gave Villanova a a real go at it. 2020, 2019-2020 season, freshman Deuce, freshman Oscar. That team lost six out of seven in February before the big last game of the year against Baylor. They won two in a row. Pandemic happens, but if that doesn't happen, West Virginia makes the tournament, and nobody would have wanted to play them. That would have been a problem. And so history says... You can have a rough patch. I think this is the beginning of a longer rough patch for WVU. And you can still get at the end of the season, look back and say, yeah, that was a rough stretch, but it can, it was still a good season overall. Like you can, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that history says that it's possible that you can have a rough stretch and still have a good year, right? West Virginia does have solid wins under their belt. Okay? And then in the here and now, West Virginia can look around and say, you know, we're in good company, this being under 500 in the league, right? Oklahoma, good team. Played Kansas all the way to the end before Brown made a three they lose at home and now they're two and four in the conference and Oklahoma really good at basketball, Kansas state, you know, that team that we beat by three at home or whatever. They went to Texas. They went to Austin and beat the Longhorns tonight. Now they're two and four in the conference. That's a good team. Seen them in person, Iowa state. They're ranked in the top 25. They lost. In Lubbock tonight, they're two and four in the conference. So it's one of those things where West Virginia, yeah, man, two-game losing streak. We're two and two and three in the conference. And you look around and you see the company you're keeping. It's like, well, we're not too bad. This isn't bad. I'm looking around. These these teams have their act together. So you can you can struggle in this conference and still be a good team. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's what you do. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So those are the positives, right? Now, let me go glass half empty for a little bit longer because you know we're we're 17 games into the season now right and so 17 games in more data more analytics and you uh and you know this team is not good at offense so i i i look at the Kim Pomroy website quite a bit this is the the only Huggins team with the worst offensive rating in Kim Palm was 2012-2013. Spoiler alert, that was the season right after Kevin Jones and Truck Bryant graduated. That was uh that team did not have a winning record. This 29 the 2019 team, the sad year, getting blown out by Coastal Carolina at the end of the year. That team was better at offense, according to analytics, than this team. The 2020 team that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, that team shot 29% from three for the season. And that team was better at offense than this team. So how is that? What is making this 2021-2022 WVU team struggle at offense Besides the obvious, besides the obvious of getting into conference and this season, the Big Twelve Conference, every team is good at defense. All right, so every team that we've played is good at defense. All the way out, we're playing good defensive teams. Okay, that's what that is. And yet, other teams in the conference, uh, some of them are good at offense. Right. So what what are we struggling with? Seventeen games in you can say some definitive things, right? You get into conference play, you can't turn teams over like you do in the non-conference schedule because of quality of play and just because these teams know your deal, right? They're not going to be blindsided by WVU strategy, you know, in the Big 12. Elon could be blindsided. Right? So when the turnovers start dropping, that lowers the percentage of easy baskets WVU can get. And when you're struggling on offense, the thing to help you not struggle is to get easy baskets. So that's one way we're getting less easy points. West Virginia is not top 10 in offensive rebounding as they have been in the past, but they're not bad considering. The problem is when they're getting offensive rebounds, unfortunately, those aren't translating into easy points. 
Uh, when you offensive rebound, in theory, you're going to have the ball really close to the basket with an opportunity to make a close one uh, easy points. It's not happening. It's not. It's just not happening. Example today, Jalen Bridges, you look at the box score, he had six offensive rebounds. Without watching the game, you would say, well, that's obviously a good thing. That's, a, that's aggressive Jalen Bridges. And it is aggressive, Jalen Bridges. However, six offensive rebounds, only three points came from those six offensive rebounds. And the three points came with the last bucket of the game when the game was already out of hand. So the other five offensive rebounds, Jalen gets the offensive rebound and misses the putback. And so that's not good. (laughs) Offensive rebounding, good when it leads to second-chance points. If you don't get second-chance points, it's just prolonging the inevitable. (laughs) The offensive rebounding needs to continue, but also something good come from the offensive rebounds, right? And then on top of that, offensively, we're talking about West Virginia missing all these close shots. Like our big guys are not getting points. Uh, Gabe is leading the big guys in scoring in Big 12 play, and he missed the first game. So he's only played four games, and he's had more points than the other big guys on the roster. I'm not counting Jalen in this group, even though he plays small ball four. But the true big guys, uh, they're not they're not getting easy buckets. They're not scoring. Uh, Polly. Polly Cap, Damon Kerrigan have nine points combined in five Big 12 games. Nine points. Uh, that Polly on the other side of a pick and roll and 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 being good for one dunk a game, that that's gone. Like Polly, with love and respect, my man, three minutes today, and those were those were three rough minutes. There's no way to get around it. Couldn't hold on to the ball. Just Huggins couldn't keep him on the court at home. Like role players, the opportunity to do well or to do better than expectations is at home. And so when you're struggling in Morgantown, that's not a good sign. We need to watch Polly here, see if he can come back. He works hard. I think he has that ability. But so far uh, in Big 12 play, Polly is, is really – Let's call it adjusting to the competition. So your big guys aren't scoring. You're not getting second chance points. You're not getting easy points off of turnovers. So then you're getting where are you getting your points? Like you the way this team gets points is through jump shots. A lot of those are tough jump shots. And a lot of those shots the guy is creating it on their own off the dribble two point shots or off the dribble three point shots. And that's, it's not, (laughs) you got to make a ton of those. And West Virginia is not making a ton of those. This team is not good at passing the ball. And this is not the first team I've said into this microphone that West Virginia is not a good passing team, but the stats say, 
this year's team, and we're we're we've still got plenty of games to go, and this can change. But 17 games in, uh, my concern is is that this is what it is, which is uh, they don't they don't get hardly any assists. West Virginia had 10 assists today. You go to Ken Pomeroy, West Virginia. There's 350 some Division One teams. West Virginia is 326th in the country in assist percentage, percentage of baskets that were assisted. 326th, by far the worst since Bob Huggins has been at WVU. Bob Huggins' best assist percentage team, you guessed it, 2010 Final Four. Coincidence, probably not, those first few seasons of Bob Huggins that he still had beeline players, those teams were the best teams at assist percentage. Not as good as the beeline teams, but that hybrid of Huggins' style with some of the beeline players. And so it's just, it's you like you're the exception to the rule if you're winning with a low assist percentage. I mean, you could go to Ken Pomeroy, see who's below WVU, see Seton Hall there, and say, all right, they're worse than us at that, and they're really good. Well, they make their two-point shots. (laughs) They make over half of their two-point shots. West Virginia does not. So, I mean, this is going to sound rough, and this is – I'm doing a prisoner of the moment here. But watching the game tonight and then thinking about other games, when you watch, just think about it. The next the next game you watch WVU play, watch the team, see what everybody's doing, and just think, who can I point to on this team that I'm watching and say that guy is making his teammates better. Who, who are we watching and say, you know what? That guy's making the other guys on the floor better. And based on this game and then really 17 games into the season, that's a short list. Like, number one on that list is Gabe. feel like Gabe's making other guys better, especially how he helps on defense, what he's doing on offense, especially here lately, out of necessity, and it's welcome. But it's Gabe and it's Taz and Spots. Like, and I, for me, that's who I can look at immediately on the court and say, those guys are making the guys around them better. Other guys are scoring. Other guys are doing things defensively. But as far as how that impacts the rest of the team, who's doing it? And when you do see it, when, when that list expands more than two, I bet – 
that that's a game where we look at and say WVU was successful in that game, right? Jalen Bridges, his his really good game against Oklahoma State, Taz Sherman was feeding him the ball. So Taz Sherman was making Jalen Bridges better. And credit to Jalen Bridges. But again, like, there's, you know, that's T. I don't know. This is, this is sounding rough, but this is what I, this is what is in my head. It's like, uh, I don't want to use names here, but I've already used names of who I see making guys around them better. So is that going to get better? I, I hope so. I hope the coaches are trying to figure that out. How and I'm sure they are. I mean, Huggins is speaking about we don't run sets, we don't run offense, and that's code for we're not sharing the ball and trying to make each other better. When there's disconnect on defense, they're not communicating. They're not making each other better. So You can have a bad stretch and be a good team. You look around and see the company you're keeping and say, we're not in bad shape here. Two game losing streak, both the top 10 teams. Your other loss in the league is the Texas who's going to finish in the top half on the road. So like you can kind of, you can go glass half full with this, but I'm... (laughs) And maybe it's because just the just the the broom closet aspect of this game. Like, is that pandemic or is ESPN saying, you know what? Uh don't need to be there in person to see WVU play. Like, not feeling it. It makes you think those kind of things. Like, wait, is it me? Like, I'm still. I'm I'm pointing this at ESPN not showing up in Morgantown because they're saying the things that would make you believe that they would want to be there in person. But 17 games into the season, so many opportunities to come in and you're showing up live other places. Then is it me? <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty of games left. We are closer to the end than the beginning. But uh, still some time to turn things around. And this team is 13-4. and four. Uh, But the glass half empty argument, and I'm, I'm hearing other podcasters that follow WVU make this argument, and I... Here's where I think they're coming from. And there's either saying this specifically or I think this is what they're getting at is that um, how much of a team is this? And and Huggins talks about they, they get along well. It's a great uh, group of guys. Saw them all over the summer show up to Charleston for the, for the TBT thing. So solidarity there. Don't see any real negative – uh energy between each other but just playing the game of basketball 
you watch Baylor and you you see Flagler making the guys around him better. And you see and you see the big guys, you see that uh uh Jonathan the rest of his name and Thamba getting offensive rebounds and making guys around them better. Where are we seeing that with WVU? And I want to see it. Don't you? Final thoughts coming up. Interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media, on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV, on the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact! Wait. Random thoughts. I don't know. I should just, you know what? One take. <laughs> just had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry if that was a bunch of rambling. The next game for WVU is Saturday, January 22nd. It's on ESPN2. They'll probably be in person in Lubbock for the game where WVU plays Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Haven't seen a lot of them. I know their deal, though. (laughs) Uh, New coach, but basically not a new coach because he was on the staff last year. And uh, they struggle offensively. That sounds familiar, right? But they are elite defensively. Texas Tech... Uh, they're arguably the best in the league at defense. And they, the teams we just lost to, Kansas and Baylor, Texas Tech beat them back-to-back, both of those teams, and they did it without their best player. Terrence Shannon has been missing games. He's back in the lineup now. So West Virginia will see Shannon on Saturday. And uh, you know what? I'm concerned. Based on what you've just heard... Little concerned. So we'll see. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, Castbox. Rate it five stars. Wherever you're listening, Spotify has that now. Hit the five star button. If you don't listen on Spotify, Mix it in every once in a while. I know I'm asking a lot here, but if you use Spotify, hit the five stars. That really helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. Apologize for the rambling. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. They're 13-4. and 